The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Aisha, and guess what? We have another live show coming to you very soon. If you're going to be at the Sundance Film Festival next month, we are putting together a great, exciting live show in collaboration with the Slate Culture Gap Fest. It's happening on January 23rd, 2018, and you can find tickets for the show at slate.com slash live. Look forward to seeing y'all in Park City. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our year-end episode of Represent. Um, If you've been listening this whole year, you may have noticed, or maybe you didn't notice, but Marilyn and I have put out, like, so many episodes. We've only taken off, I think, two weeks this year, and the second week is going to be next week. Yeah, technically, at this point, we've only (laughs) taken off one week. Yes, (laughs) and some of those weeks, we've had extra episodes. Um, So we've been very, very busy, and there's been a lot happening with representation, uh, a lot of conversations. It's been crazy, and this year is very exhausting, but I'm so happy to say that this year we are reuniting the year-end team from last year. Woo! Yay! Yay! (laughs) Welcome, everyone. We have Tiffany Vasquez, who is a host at TCM, a Saturday afternoon host at TCM. Hello! Welcome, Tiffany. So glad to be back. Yes. And we have Antonia Sarahito, who is a producer at Latino USA. Welcome. Yay. And finally, we have Alex Jung, a culture writer over at Vulture. Welcome back. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're all, I think we've established that we're all sitting in the exact same spots in the exact same room as last year. (laughs) Confirmed. (laughs) A little bit of deja vu. And we're going to start with a quiz. Which I, I know Tiffany is very excited. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you study? Ready, ready, ready to lose again, gracefully. <laughs> For those who may not have heard our, our show last year, uh, Tiffany was very bad. Very bad. <laughs> I, got, I got them all wrong. Drag <laughs> her. Yeah. Wow. Now, to it's be true. fair, my quiz was like actually really... It like, was so it's hard. It's kind of hard. This one, I think, is will be a little bit easier. So, yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> I'll start with Antonia. Okay. <laughs> So this first round, there's going to be three rounds. Uh, You'll each get one question per round. And this first round will be um, a bunch of people responding to uh, some controversies about the way in which they handled some subject matter in their film or TV shows. Uh, Actually, I think these are all films. And you'll have to guess who said this quote. So I will will start off. And there's people defending their work. They're defending their work. Yes, yes. So this first question or this first quote. I did not want to perpetuate an objectionable stereotype where facts and history supported my choice of setting the story of these white women in complete isolation after the slaves had escaped. 
So this is multiple choice. I know who it is already, though. Can I just say it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go Tracy Flick. Sorry. Say your okay. Say your options, okay? Wow, sassy here. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. I, I, I see. I told you this was going to be a little bit easier. Yeah. Even Tiffany, I'm like a big fan of her, so I. Are you mad that you didn't get this question? I'm furious. Oh no. No, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. So a, a David Benahoff and D B Weiss, the creators of the proposed HBO series Confederate. Oh, this is a good question. I'm glad you're reading the options because I'm proud of you mm-hmm. for the way it was designed. Okay. Yes. <laughs> also, I want people to remember that so much other stuff happened yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. Anyway. Good call, good call. B, Sophia Coppola, director of The Beguiled. Or C, Joe Pekaski, who is a co-creator of the now-canceled now Underground. B. Yes. It is Sophia Coppola. <laughs> who decided, <laughs> uh, we talked about this on the show, but who decided that she was going to make a movie set during the Civil War uh, in which no black people were anywhere to be found. True. And she used like one line of dialogue to explain it away, uh, which was, the slaves escaped. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of problems, I think, with that. Um Especially since it seems sort of like a cop-out uh, and a way for her to uh, basically, what's the word, uh, jump in front of any controversy that might come if she actually did include black women or black people in the narrative. And the original uh, the original book in the movie, that the first movie that started Clint Eastwood that was uh, came in the 70s, uh, they both included a black character. To uh, yeah, different results. Tiffany, have but... you seen that movie, the original one? Yes. Was I haven't seen it? Was it good? Or like it's, it's crazy, more, right? It's more filmed like um like exploitation y. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is an interesting way to just look at both of them together. I like I I did enjoy them as a double feature just for their differences and similarities. Yeah, I agree. I I think they're both a really fascinating study, and I mm-hmm. suggest people see both. So that was my very easy question for you, Antonio. <laughs> yes, point. Okay. All right, <laughs> Alex, uh-huh. on to you. Okay. This quote, I know what it is to be the quote unquote other very, very well. My film and my filmmaking is all about asking questions about how the system pits us against each other. If anything, this movie is about how we are eating each other. Is it A, Anna Lily Amir Poor, director of The Bad Batch, B, Darren Aronofsky, director of Mother, or C, Catherine Bigelow, director of Detroit? Damn, this is hard. Yeah, yeah this is really hard. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I must be so bad at like guesstimating what might be hard and what be easy. Uh, well, I appreciate that no one else seems to know either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess C because of the general theme, but I have no idea. It is A. Anna Lily Amirpour, director oh. of The Bad Batch. All right. But I don't even know what that movie is. Is that bad? What's that movie? It came and went. It's a smaller. It was a indie. smaller indie. So yeah. she's the uh, she's the director of A Girl Walks Home Alone right. at Night, yeah. um, or A Girl Walks Home at Night, and this was her follow up feature, and it, it caused some. There was some uh, controversy when someone confronted her. A black woman confronted her at a screening earlier this year um, because the char- the one black female character in the movie is like kind of murdered senselessly and Whoa. blatantly, Whoa. and just and also actually a couple of the black characters are murdered very just like just like that in in ways that other characters are not. Yeah, and so she was called into question of like her. Um, her depiction of the black characters in the film. Hmm. And Detroit, as we know, is just 
That was a mess. <laughs> I can't believe she did that. I had no desire to watch it. Yeah, I didn't see it either because I was like, what are I you just, doing? Yeah. I, If I could have left, I, I would have. I think Jamel, because Jamel Bowie, my colleague, came uh-huh. on and we talked about it. And I think he did leave. <laughs> so, good for him. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of this idea that like we need to watch the bad thing to critique it. Sometimes I'm just like, I know it's bad. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> like, I have no need to subject myself to this, like, bullshit. And I'm good. Yeah. We have so many hours in our lifetime. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, let's watch things <laughs> right. that are actually good. Yeah. And, like, interesting and smart. Agreed. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> that is my 2018 <laughs> resolution. Woo! Okay. Number three. This is for you, Tiff. All right. Who said the following? Diversity is important in Hollywood, and I would never want to feel like I was playing a character that was offensive. Also, having a franchise with a female protagonist driving it is such a rare opportunity. Is it A, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman of Wonder Woman, B, Charlize Theron of The Fate of the Furious, or C, Scarlett Johansson of Ghost in the Shell? Here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm going to guess A. It is C, Scarlett uh, Johansson, Ghost in the Shell. I yeah. thought that was easy. That? <laughs> I, I suspected it was C. Yeah, I mean, too. I was thinking either A or C. Definitely not B. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Scarlett Johansson. Keep the streak. <laughs> I, I like this, though. You're consistent. Yeah, I am. <laughs> if I'm anything, I'm consistent. <laughs> so, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, as I think was made very, we all know about this because it was very big. Oh, nine months ago. It, this this year seems so long. Yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> she starred in the the ant the live action version of Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. and there was already uproar over the fact that she was cast. And then, of course, spoiler, but you don't want to see this movie anyway. But of course, <laughs> it turns out that her character finds out that she had been created as a droid. Based, she was basically inhabiting a. Japanese character like her character was actually uh, her brain is her brain is a Japanese her soul is Japanese yes her soul is Japanese her body is now the shell I like legit stayed away from this one too I was like I did not you were smart anyway that was the answer Um, yes so round two is going to be sort of miscellaneous Uh, not so much a theme but I think these will also be well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) I think predicting is not the way to go there's no point in predicting at this point all right Antonia back to you so this is a spoiler I'm I I know I'm really bad at spoilers sometimes so I'm just going to tell everyone who's listening if you have not uh (laughs) if you don't want spoilers for two shows that are two sitcoms that are very popular oh crap I'm screwed you probably want to pause it or like skip ahead by about 30 seconds okay which of these tv characters did not come out did not come out as bisexual on tv this year <clears throat> Do you know it already? <laughs> A. Adam from Jane the Virgin. B. Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Or C. Zoe from Blackish. Wait, can I pause and just like like Tiffany's face right now? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Sorry, <laughs> Tiffany. At least you should feel just like you're you're just being screwed over by the system here. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. True. It is the system. It's flawed. It's flawed. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, so I know it's not B. That's the only show of those that I watch. Uh, what was the f- first option? Adam from Jane the Virgin. Adam is uh, Jane's current boyfriend. At least I think he's current because I'm like three episodes behind. I haven't been keeping up with Jane the Virgin, and I love that show. Um, I'm going to say C. 
You are correct. Wow. Indeed. So far, Antonia is two for two. Uh, yes, Zoe from Blackish, as far as I know, is still has not come out as bi. I don't suspect. Who knows what will happen on Gronish? Who knows what will happen on Gronish? Oh, they're the making spin-off. a show called Gronish. Yeah. Yes. Fun. She's yeah. It's coming out next year on Freeform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, Adam recently came out as bisexual, and Rosa also came out as bisexual. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's been a better year for bisexual characters in general. I haven't taken much, like, there's a lot of shows that I do not watch, but I know that it has been covered a lot more with more frequency than it has been in the past. Um, There are other shows like Riverdale that feature bisexual characters. Fun fact about Rosa, Mm -hmm. the actress is like the one famous Argentine American. (laughs) (laughs) And actually bisexual. Is she? Is she really? I didn't didn't know know that. that. I love Rosa. She's one of my favorites. She's amazing. amazing. Uh, Yeah. All right. On to Alex. This is another quote, actually. Oh, oh God. Okay, great. I'm going to get this one. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it in my fingers. Yes. All right. I would say it is an honor to do this, but that would be an alternative fact. It is not. No one wanted to do this, so of course it falls in the hands of an immigrant. That's how it always goes down. okay. Is it A, Hassan Minhaj, B, Lin-Manuel Miranda, or C, Aziz Ansari? Um, that would be a Hassan Minaj at yeah. the, about the White House, White House Correspondence Center. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Thank you. That is correct. He had the thankless job of, of working the White House Correspondence Center, which uh, Trump didn't even attend. But I thought he did a really good job. He did do a good job. And everyone should also check out Homecoming King, his, uh, his Netflix special, which is just friggin' amazing. And it's wonderful. Um. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yay. Tiffany. <clears throat> 2017 is saved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ed Scrain. Scrain. Ed Scrain. If I <laughs> if I pronounce it correct. <laughs> oh, poor Tiffany. <laughs> okay. Ed Scrain. I'm just gonna go with that. I'm sorry if I pronounced it all of our correctly. BFF. Ed Scrain. I have no idea who this Actually, is. Don't. So I, yeah. I, I do know who it is. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actor Ed Scrain did something perhaps no white person has done before. After backlash in response to his casting in a role that was originally conceived as a person of color in the source material that the movie is based on, he stepped down out of respect for quote unquote cultural accuracy. What movie did he back out of? Oh. Is it A, Hellboy, B, Crazy Rich Asians, or C, The Avengers Infinity War? Oh, man. I remember this, but I have no idea what it was from anymore. Um, I think I'm going to say... What were they again? A is Hellboy, B, Crazy Rich Asians, or C, The Avengers Infinity War. A. Yes! (laughs) You did it! Confetti is falling from the ceiling. (laughs) That is correct. Uh, yeah, I, again, I don't think any white person at least has, has done this before publicly. Uh, he was just like, look, people are not happy with this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And props to him. I mean, this is a, a small, like, you know, small. Well, no, it's not a small thing because he gave up a job. But I think that, you know, we should give props to the white people who are like doing doing some good. Yes. I, I remember reading that and uh, and I was just like, whoa. This is crazy that no one's done this before. Mm -hmm. Um, Also kind of not because people just tend to care about themselves and their own careers more than anything else. And I mean, I can't even put 
that much blame on that. But yeah, I also love how he just like turned it on the casting mm-hmm. directors and yes. the director now, and he's just like, okay, now what are you gonna do? Because <laughs> you can't replace me with another white guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, what well, a power move. And yeah. one of the producers, even after the controversy started, uh, said that shouldn't be a big deal and you know we cast the best person for the best part the best person blah 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 yeah Mm. all right so this final round is really fun and (laughs) (laughs) you'll see why (laughs) so antonio yes you've seen get out right yes okay so in get out at what point should Chris have realized he needed to get the (laughs) heck out of the Armitage's home (laughs) oh my god is it a when Rose's dad said he would have voted for Obama a third time. <laughs> B, when the, crown, when the groundskeeper bolted at him out of nowhere in the middle of the night. Or C, when a freaked out Logan, played by Lakeith Stanfield, tells him to. I'm the earliest one, which was the Obama one. I mean, before that. Is this a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It is indeed. <laughs> Wait, is the answer just what you think it is? No. No, oh. he should have like never gone with that lady to she was weird. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had to choose. <laughs> no, no. So that, that, yes. Any of those could be correct. Right. Because at any point, he really should have just gotten the heck out of the Armitage's house. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yes. Those are all correct. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! I do feel like he, like when Lakeith Stanfield told him to leave, I think that's really one he. Isn't that to when he watch. decides to leave? No, no, because no, then he no. goes up. Because I, yeah. I right. if I remember correctly, then he goes up in the room. This is before he encounters um, the the maid. Or yeah, and he goes up in the room and he's like, "Dude, like something weird is going oh, yeah, on here." Yeah, yeah, to yeah. his best friend yeah. over the phone, and then she's like, "No, no, 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 no." She's no, no, no. so good in that scene. <laughs> oh, so good. She is so good. All right, Alex. Yes. Should Oliver have eaten the peach and call me by your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, I literally wrote a think piece I about saw that. why he should have. So you know my answer. <laughs> yes, but let me read off the okay. <laughs> things anyway. A. Yes, it was a tame, watered-down way of depicting gay intimacy and desire. B, yes, it was a total cop-out and another example of a movie being afraid of depicting explicit gay attraction. Or C, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I have yet to read an argument uh, like for not having him bite into the beach. Right. Like I looked for it and I was like, no one seems to argue this. Who would do that? Yeah. Right. So for for context, for people who haven't seen uh Call Me by Your Name, and I don't think this this isn't a spoiler. It's just a moment that happens. But like and I won't get too explicit, but essentially something happens with a peach and Army Hammer's character, Oliver, he he picks it up, but he doesn't bite into it. Uh he dips a finger into it. Oh, right. He he does that. And yes. he tastes it. Yes. Which is not the same. Which I'm just like, if you're going to do that. Might as well. Just eat the fucking <laughs> peach. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. 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 The director has defended it, but like, I don't know. Sure. 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 I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I just think he should have eaten it. I just don't understand why you didn't. I also love it. that like directors today feel like he like had to like defend that decision. You're like also like we like as an audience, clearly people are having fun with it. Like what is this? Right. This was a very important part. You're like, right. come on. It's not that serious, you know. Yeah. But I do think like because I, I'm such a big fan of the book mm-hmm. uh, by Andre Asaman and you know, it's a it's one of the most memorable scenes from the book. Um, and and there's a very specific reason why he eats the peach because it's all about like 
being one, right? Like literally like uniting your like bodies and genetic material and all of that together in, in one fashion, right? And eating the peach is symbolic of that. And to me, it feels like a cop out to not do that in the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my answer would be, I guess, just a simple yes, because I have a very <laughs> complex answer for why I think he should have eaten it. Well, but. everyone should check out his, his piece on Vulture that he wrote. <laughs> yeah. All right, final question for Tiffany. <clears throat> The Dave Matthews Band song, Crash, which features prominently in Lady Bird. Have you seen Lady Bird? Yes. Okay, great. Is A, a song from my adolescence that I remember everyone loving. (laughs) B, a creepy song about a guy stalking a woman outside her window. Or C, a creepy song about a guy wanting to dominate a woman and not necessarily in a consensual S&M way. this is this is Dave Matthews Band uh, has eluded me for my whole life, and <laughs> and I do remember that song very well in Lady Bird. But I'm gonna say C just because it doesn't speak to me. That song <laughs> never has, and yeah, it uh, and I'm just gonna assume it's the creepiest one possible <laughs> or the worst option possible. <laughs> it's just sad to me how I heard that song so much when I was in middle school and high school because everyone I knew was obsessed with Dave Matthews Band, mm. and every time he came to town, it was like we're going to Dave. Like we're going to Dave. Wow, uh, that was. I think that I never went, but I think that's where people like would hook up and drink when we were there in middle school, high school. Uh, but I, I didn't realize that the lyrics of the song were so damn creepy until I do not know the lyrics of the song because I, I know it's yeah, very, very what's well. Second, I thought you gave her like the one real question. Like, that is no. That so actually would have been hilarious. <laughs> no, yeah, the lyrics are weird. They're- Looking out a window at her, like peering at her, it's weird and okay. Yeah, it's just weird. So that's the quiz. <laughs> that was fun. Was it fun? Yeah, yes. it was fun. I hope so. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, so we did that. Now I wanted to move to... We each brought a plus and a delta for the year. Uh, so I want to, let's start with our pluses. Or should we start with our deltas? I feel like let's start with the deltas because I want to end on a happier note. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> and this year has sucked. Yeah. So, this year has been terrible. Yeah. I yeah. think we should congratulate all of ourselves for getting through it. Yeah. We all still have like the same job we had a year ago. That's true. We all look great. No one can see us, but we look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need to be really proud of that. Okay. So why don't we this time start with Tiffany. What is your delta for this year? I had so much trouble picking one because it's just weird. <laughs> Do I even begin? <laughs> just shit on top of shit. On yeah, top of shit on, yes. so much. Yeah. So I was just thinking of one of the more recent examples, which is that no woman was nominated for a Golden Globe for directing this when the nominations were announced this week. And then I went back to think of all the things I watched this year, and then I was like, oh, yeah, 
I forgot how disappointed I was by the Callie storyline in Stranger Things, um, uh, Eleven's sister and her group. And it was really the only it's the only group of mostly people of color or all people of color. And yep. it was just like so weirdly handled and treated where I was just confused because I thought something so much better was going to happen with her. So mm. I, I was very disappointed by that. I haven't se- actually, I'm going to admit that I still haven't gotten into Stranger Things yet. Mm. But it's fine. I haven't, <laughs> seen, it, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> see, I think the first thing. season's great. Yeah. And I think it should have ended there. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That's how I feel about Big Little Lies. Yes. Why are you doing a second season? Yeah, the yeah. Fir- it wasn't meant to be like that. The first one was great. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to the internet. The internet is not always good. Well, didn't I thought the Stranger Things was supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. that. I think they but, always wanted it to be a show, but I think yeah. they should have made it a limited series. Yeah. It, I was just like, oh, that was a great, like, eight episode. Nicely no, packaged. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just leave it. Let us be happy with that. And then they just have to keep on dragging it out. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry. Anyway. Well, Antonia, what about you? What is your Delta for this year? So my Delta is the live action Beauty and the Beast. Because (laughs) drag it. (laughs) I want us to step back for a second and think about the plot of Beauty and the Beast. It is a story of a woman who meets a literal monster who has like caged her father, then cages her, and then she gives him a chance. Because, like, maybe he's, like, read a book or something. I'm like, (laughs) what are we teaching young girls? Like, are we teaching them, like, give that guy that, like, not only is he just, like, you don't know if he's a beast, he's presenting as beast. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was just, like, thinking this week about, like, like, that viral story cat person, which I could not believe a short story went viral. That, to me, was, like, shocking. I I read it. I find it to be, like, horrific. And I understand why people relate, but I'm also, like, horrified by it. And then I'm, like, having a realization where I'm, like, yeah, because that girl watched Beauty and the Beast growing up <laughs> <laughs> and was like, oh, that you never know. This literal gross man could be secretly a prince. Like, enough. We have to stop. Isn't that the plot of like every Kevin That's, James okay. and then, yes, TV the show or movie? plot of almost everything it's I've every ever watched. Freaking like kids movie is this like, you never know. Like, no, you know. He is a beast. So that makes me really angry. And I can't believe they even rebooted it. And then I, <laughs> and then I <laughs> thought. Which was another thing where I've been thinking a lot. It's really insidious in how so many Disney movies, there is no mom. Like, I, like, was listing them. Like, there's no mom in Little Mermaid, in Pocahontas, hmm. Lion King, Bambi. Like, you name it. Well, the, the mom's the there, mom's but then in, ba- Bambi. in Bambi. Oh, sorry. I yeah. actually... For- She's shot by sorry. man. Right. Oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Bambi's actually not listed in this... Uh, screwed it out of the list okay. I just said. <laughs> uh, but the deal... It's really weird because then, like, motherhood and moms become this, like, backdrop... Literally, you, like, take away the presence of woman and, like, you have this, like, patriarchal society where the mom is dead. Right. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. And like, I can- and, like, I just really think that, like, if I have to see another, like, misunderstood male brooding character, I just, like, can't deal with it anymore. And I think that it's cool. I mean, obviously, what's happening right now with women is, like the biggest story of the year it's like it's i think it's exceptional what's going on frankly but 
I think it's this idea that like just because you're like an awkward guy or like misunderstood like no like that's bad you can't be a dick (laughs) period Mm -hmm. stop yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that it's because we've been fueled with so or like even like Twilight is the same crap like you it's like only she gets him no he's weird stop don't hang out with him anyway I mean in in the context of all the crap that's happened these last couple months Beauty and the Beast does seem even more insidious. Alex! Yeah. <laughs> you are a Delta. Um, my Delta is not something I feel as strongly about. <laughs> That's okay. We, we take lukewarm and red piping hot. Right. Deltas. Well, it's more just something that I'm thinking is like something that I would like to see change, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is what Delta yes. means, right? Um, and so... You know, uh, the film Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is uh, gaining more and more steam uh, after the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards uh, or the SAG nominations because it uh, picked up a lot. Um, and it seems like it's it's starting to become one of the front runners, probably for the Oscar race, too. Uh, and it's for people who haven't seen it. It's a film by Martin McDonough, I think. Um, yeah. Who directed it in Bruges? I think he's best known for in Bruges. Right. Yeah. And it stars Frances McDormand um, as a woman uh, in a small town on a vengeance mission, essentially, to uh, get the police to find the person who raped and killed her daughter. And so she takes out these three billboards that uh, excoriates the sheriff, essentially asking him why hasn't this been solved yet. Um, And, you know, I think it's interesting in the sense that I think people are starting to glom onto the film right now as like the movie of the moment that we need uh, for uh, in this post Weinstein era in Hollywood. But I think it at the same time, it like illustrates a lot of the problems with that, both that as a symbol and then also the post Weinstein moment a bit to me. The conversation has been dominated by white women. And as Jane Fonda sort of pointed out, she said like the reason why it's getting so much attention is because everyone, uh, the victims are beautiful and white uh, and famous. Yeah. And that's not to discount what happened or any of that or that it's a very fucked up patriarchal system that's at work. But I do think that we can work at being creating a more inclusive and intersectional understanding of sexual assault generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that conversation is necessary and important to look at the ways in which certain people are left out of it. Um, but Three Billboards is kind of interesting as an example because it it is a movie that is very bad about race mm-hmm. in like very sort of obvious clumsy ways and I feel like is illustrative of the ways in which uh, why Hollywood would also like be like, yes, this is the movie that we're picking um, because it's kind of like it ignores the black characters in these like really almost hilarious ways. Like, like <laughs> I, I have you seen it? I have. I don't know if we were in the. I think we were in the same screening when we saw. Yeah, it. I think we were actually. I, I didn't get to talk to you afterwards. Right, but yeah. But there's a scene <laughs> where uh, her black friend uh, gets basically like taken to jail by the cops. You don't really see her. It's a way of like threatening her. Right. Uh, right. And she works with her, her the black woman as right. well. So like she takes, uh, they take her in so that like to say like you need to stop screwing with us or we're going to start taking everyone you know like and putting them in jail right yeah and then there's uh another black man who's just like uh, another sort of like very small character who's like helping with the billboards like putting them up and then the two black characters meet and then the next scene they're on a date together <laughs> and everyone in the theater just laughs, laughs. 
And I think there was like a moment, like moments like that where you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say, I was, I was sort of, I, I liked the movie after seeing it. Mm. And I, unlike a lot of people, now that I've read all the criticisms, I'm like, oh yeah. And and I, I chalk it up to Frances McDormand is a hell of a drug. Like, yeah. she, she's such a good actress. She was it's like crazy. So like, I really really liked her in that role, and I thought there were very funny moments and sort of witty back banter back mm-hmm. and forth. But I can totally, I totally get the criticisms of what what it's really doing underneath. And Martin McDonough, like. Let's be honest. He's like he's a white guy, but he's also a white guy who's not American. Who's not American? So like he can't. He's coming into this world from like way on the outside. Totally. Um. So yeah, I. All of your points, I think, are very very valid, and I hope to see more of that too. Right. Or, or less of that, more of more thoughtful exploratory, um, explorations of race and of sexuality and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. It's really interesting that Harvey Weinstein has only um, responded to two accusations and it was Salma and Lupita. Yep. I thought that was like really like weird. I mm-hmm. was like, what? Yeah. It's, yes. Well, that actually brings us very uh, easily into my Delta, uh, which is the fact that besides Salma and Lu- Lupita, at least in Hollywood, all of the women who have come forward, for the most part, have been white. And we mentioned this a little bit on the episode we did on Weinstein with uh, Dana Stevens and Susan Matthews. But I think it's now been like two months since we did that episode, and it's still very much a a conversation dominated by white women. And it says to me a lot. It says two things. It says, one, the fact that the, the access that women women of color are allowed is not the same they are not getting those chances to even meet not that i want them to meet but like to meet the harvey weinsteins selma hayek is a, is a rare example lupita is a very rare example uh, and it's really depressing that that's the fact on the other hand i know that some of the biggest women of color right now have stories they have like i they have to because you can't like it's it's happening to everyone it, it it is and i think they're even more vulnerable and i think that it might be partially they're worried about their careers because they are even you could be taraji you could be carrie washington but you still don't necessarily have the same cachet as charlize as as uh, ashley judd even like that that's just the truth um then also, like, these are women who have also, especially in the early parts of their careers, worked a lot with black directors and directors of color. And I think there's this concern that they're, you know, you don't want to call out a, a black man uh, and bring a powerful person of color down. Um, we're seeing a bit of a change now as of this recording and I will say we're recording this on December 14th. So there is a very good chance that Maybe someone else will come out or something else will happen. Uh, but as of this recording, just yesterday, the news about Russell Simmons, uh, I mean, not this wasn't news news, but now there's been like something like six or seven more women have come out on the record against him in addition to the two or three that had come out before, accusing him of, of not just even harassment, but actual rape. Um, and so there's one powerful person, black person. There's also Tavis Smiley. Um, there's from been a PBS, couple of rumblings yeah. from PBS. So we're seeing that. But all these women are also 
they're women of color, but they're women of color who are not on the same level as someone like Kerry Washington or Taraji B. Henson or Viola. So I don't know. It, it just concerns me. And I and I. I ugh, it just bothers me and it, it saddens me because they have stories. And I think that the, the conversation is obviously going to continue to be dominated by white voices until these other voices speak up. And I know there's so many factors involved, not just your career, but also like it, it must hurt. And if, if you have experienced that and, you know, women of color have come out in other industries, including within our industry of media, uh, WNYC, a lot of uh, a lot of those women have been women of color who have come out against John Hockenberry at the takeaway. Um, and also in that time magazine person of the year, there were lots of women of color in the hotel industry and restaurant and other, elsewhere. And the woman who started the Me Too and, movement. Yes. Is a black Tarana, woman. I think Tarana that, Burke. Yeah. Tarana Burke is the one who started the Me Too movement. And so, you know, women, black women and women of color are doing it. But in Hollywood, I just think there's this the shade happening and I hope it the shade is lifted well this is why I'm glad we didn't end on the delta <laughs> uh, Tiffany what is your plus <laughs> this is not a joke I'm afraid they read the wrong thing this is not a joke Moonlight is one best picture Moonlight best picture I forgot that was this year. I know. I almost picked it, but I was like, ah, we've talked about Moonlight so much. Yeah, but I'm glad that you're doing it because I'm not the one talking it's, about it. It's, it, I, it seems so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so long ago. But on February 26, <laughs> 2017, the right picture won the best picture at the Academy Awards. Indeed. What a crazy night. And Indeed. in such a, an insane way. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's such a, so bittersweet. It, it was. <laughs> it was very bittersweet. Um, but I, I it's still, I, that night I was just like, I was in LA working for Giphy. We were live Giffing the Oscars. Uh, so that got crazy because mm-hmm. we were Giffing them a certain way, and then it just switched up all of a oh, sudden. Oh yeah! Oh my god! So uh, we were handling that, but at the same time, I was just crying because it was so. It was just such an incredible feeling, especially because I have a very. I know, I know the Oscars and award season, and honestly, everything is so problematic. <laughs> but I still love film history so much, and I still love watching Oscar, Oscar, um, past Oscars from like every year and mm. it just it still is so magical to me and it still means so much to me and for it to happen in that way I, I, it was just incredible when you see Travante Rhodes's reaction when you mm. see Barry Jenkins reaction it just did something to me and it was so incredible in a year where we knew things were going to be really bad mm. and and since I was in L.A., it ended early. I didn't have to deal with, New, like, New York time. So we literally, we left the office or the house we were giffing in and went straight to see Get Out at Arclay. Ah, <laughs> nice. And the one-two punch of that for me was just, like, I'm surrounded by art and excellence. And this this is just good stuff right now. And this is a good night. And my favorite thing of all of this is that this past year at the TCM Classic Film Festival, it's in the middle of Hollywood, so it's like an annoying place to be for a lot of people, but um, a lot of the events are at uh, the TCL Chinese Theater and all of the surrounding theaters. I went, as soon as I checked into my hotel and was settled, 
I walked over to Lowe's where, um, I mean, to um, the theater where all of the best picture Oscar winners are on display. It's that super touristy Mm -hmm. attraction everyone goes to. And they see everything from Wings 1929 up till and then 2017. And I just ran over to the stairs where 2017 was listed and just seeing Moonlight listed there among the best picture winners was just for me it was just i i don't know what heaven's going to look like if i get there but i feel like it looked like that i just i just it was like the most beautiful thing i'd seen and and it was just a great moment and i i hope many more like that come Aww. me too although who knows yeah. three billboards might win that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like crash all over again yeah, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Sorry to bring it back down. <laughs> Antonia, what is your plus? <laughs> You're the one who always said a person's life needs to matter. Okay. Was it all just bullshit? No, it's not. And I'm not going to give you some long song and dance about how precious and sacred your beautiful body is. Mm-hmm. But it is not for sale, Abigail. Not ever. No matter what cause, no matter what cost. And one day, you are going to look back at this probably pretty soon and think, what the fuck was I thinking? Why was I going to fuck up my life like that? It'd be nice to be so right. I'm not right. Perfect. I'm not fucking perfect. To be honest, my actual uh, <laughs> Delta, or no, sorry, plus is uh, Coco. Like, I think Coco, <laughs> I think Coco should win Best Picture of the Year. I, I love Coco. I, I, I was going to put that as my plus best too. Movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think just as a cinematic, like visually, it's insane. The story is like so gorgeous. It meant so much to me. I watched it with my family, and we all cried and hugged each other for like 20 <laughs> minutes. It was one of the most beautiful moments I've had with my family. But since I've already talked about that on the show. Yes, I, you have. Go listen to that episode. I pick something else, <laughs> which I agree. I don't think it should have a second season. Right. But I think <laughs> Big Little Lies was one of the first times I saw like female relationships depicted in a way that felt crazy real to me and I really enjoyed it uh and I love Reese Witherspoon's relationship to her daughter speaking we were talking about how Disney like there's like lack of mother this is like showing motherhood and I think a way that's very relatable yeah uh and I also think Nicole Kidman's relationship to Alexander Skarsgård is some of the best acting I have ever Mm. seen and I understand I think the show is really problematic and I think that Zoe Kravitz's character is not well developed. She comes out of nowhere at the yeah. end, and you're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. But I thought that like Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman's acting performance was like so exhilarating to watch, and it was just a really well written show. Like it was just like it was like eating like mango sorbet or something. You're like, "I was like, this is amazing." I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Big Little Lies. Mm. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> Votre fusée d'installer des distributeurs de préservatifs dans votre lycée, alors que même votre ministre de tutelle les préconise. Je vais pas discuter avec vous. Vous faites de la résistance. Je vous demande de quitter l'établissement public. So I have no idea what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> And I cannot translate it for you. But uh, I, I guess I picked a pretty obscure one or a little more esoteric one, but it's uh, BPM. Uh, the, I'm planning to see that tomorrow. It's so I've good. I've been waiting for that. Yeah. It's like, it's truly, it was my favorite film of the year, I think. Um, it's about uh, Act Up in Paris in the early 90s uh, by a director who, Robin Campillo, who was a part of Act Up for like a decade uh, in his life and he sort of just infuses his memories and his experiences 
and the people that he knew into this film of activists who are like many of them are HIV positive and they're fighting for their lives and it's so good <laughs> like it's just <laughs> yeah I'm I'm heard nothing but amazing things about it and yeah. I cannot wait to to see it it's it's like yeah. It's like one of the best films I've seen about activism. It's one of the best films I've seen about like and depicting. And that's hard to do. Yeah, a good film about activism. It's right. really hard to do. Yeah, because yeah. It, it it's it can get tedious too in a way, and I think people want to try to make it sexy in ways that it's not. And I just like I love I just love the movie, and I think it's incredible. Um, and it has like a very strong spirit to it, and it's not. I don't know. It doesn't give a fuck about what you think or like how it should present itself. It doesn't want to be like the good gay. It's about being angry and mad and furious and like wanting to take back power. And I think there's just something really inspirational about watching it too in this current political moment because it sort of reminds you that like these are people who fought like they had no like that they could die tomorrow. And sometimes I feel like that's how we need to fight, you know? Amen. Wow. I guess it's my turn. This is going to sound a little crazy, but um, I, I need to get off the plane. I bought a ticket to go to L.A. when I was in New York. But I'm just remembering now that everyone in L.A. either hates me and or thinks I'm crazy. So New York isn't my home, but L.A. isn't either. So all I need you to do is just drop me off in, like, Ohio or Idaho in a cornfield somewhere. So... I mean, this is a very low point for this character, but um, I chose my 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 plus this year is I think that I saw so many amazing, despite all the fact that the stats for people creating and directing on TV when it comes to women and people of color are very low. I saw so many great depictions on screen of female characters. And that character you just heard is um, Rebecca Bunch on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I love. And this season, she kind of reaches her nadir. <laughs> uh, she, um, you know, she kind of, she she attempts suicide to some extent uh, uh, because she's sort of spiraled out of control. But the way in which the show leads up to that and I think has dealt with it since um, has been really, really smart and not afraid to like not afraid to go go in for the kill but also treats her character sensitively and I've seen other characters like that um a few that I just kind of wanted to name check were (laughs) there's a great episode of Blackish this season where Diane gets her period and the way in which like the the fact that they call it a period for one thing I think I can't really think of any like sitcoms on Netflix TV where they actually like call it a period maybe I'm just imagining that that's a taboo but like it seems like something I've never really heard but it's all about this her being this diabolical she's already a diabolical character if you watch it she's like got this ongoing thing with um one of Dre's her dad's co-workers where she like basically says I'm gonna kill you (laughs) and it's really funny because it's a sitcom uh but she gets her period and she's like even worse than usual and so the way they handle it and the way she learns about it and her all like every woman in the family comes in the room so like her both her grandmothers are there her mom's there and then her older sister's there and they're all like these are our period stories this is how terrible it was the first time we got it and it's just like such a lovely like just seeing all of these female characters and like big little lies is another one 
And I also want to shout out Denise's coming out in, in Master of None, played mm. by Lena Waithe, the Thanksgiving oh, episode. That episode was amazing. Still, like, right, that did happen this year. So yeah. <laughs> See? I, thought, I thought of it, but then I was like, no, that's last year. But <laughs> no. That's because this year has been the longest year. <laughs> Even um, the Deuce, which we haven't really talked about on the show, but every, like, so all the female characters, I think, either they're really fleshed out or they, I think they will be fleshed out eventually. Wait, they're doing another season of the Deuce? Yeah. Yes. For sure. I, I just think that it's been a really great year for female characters, and I'm excited that it's happened. So now we'll move on to our final segment. We'll hear our predictions first from last year and see if they've come true, and then we'll get into our predictions for next year. Uh, Alex, why don't we start with you? I think that Viola Davis is going to get her EGOT. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> God well, damn it, that's so, gonna be mine. <laughs> so she just needs to read a book on tape, and so hopefully she gets that going next year because mm-hmm. she, uh, fingers crossed, uh, will win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Fences. So I was right. <laughs> <laughs> she did win, which was obviously not a real hard one to try to predict. Yeah. Um, but you so never know. It, it's true. It's true. So she is now uh, three quarters of the way She's to an EGOT. EGOT. Yeah. She's an EGO. <laughs> Um, no, no, yeah. She doesn't have a Grammy. She doesn't have oh, a sorry, Grammy. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so I was just thinking in that spirit, I was thinking she should read Jasmine Ward's Sing, Unburied Sing. Mm. You know, very popular hot book. Mm. <laughs> Needs yes. a popular hot actor to read the book. That's and Viola. Get her, an, uh, get her a Grammy. Done. Read yeah. that book, Viola. <laughs> <laughs> just read anything. Read a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your prediction for next year? I'm going to say that... <laughs> Uh, there will be a racial reckoning in Hollywood. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna let that be. Wow, what it we're is. gonna go vague. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> Fine, I'll let you go vague. A racial reckoning. I I, I wonder if it like are we gonna revolt? <laughs> well, there was a gender. There will be a reckoning. There reckoning, was a gender reckoning. So why but, not? But I feel like. I think the backlash would be much worse mm-hmm. I don't in know. Hollywood. I guess I specifically was thinking about Hollywood here. Yeah. I, well, yeah, that's that's appropriate. Um, I don't know. The Sony hacks sort of those revealed like from a few years ago, those revealed some racist shit. But nothing really happened. Although I guess there's that's always the case. Right. Because there was, you know, other people have talked about the sexual harassment before. Right. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where everyone talks about as you know we all knew that this was true but i think there's going to be something will happen where it will actually make a difference i'm sure weinstein will get ripped again <laughs> on that front Whew. let's let's bring that racial record on <laughs> i'm here for <laughs> it <laughs> antonia well i think i read today that executives i think at abc have already talked about how they're going to change their direction Mm -hmm. with what they want. And if we're talking specifically about representation, I think that we are going to see a move away from showing people of color. Uh, I think that that's just going to be a reality. I think I was kind of wrong, to be honest. I don't know. I was actually thinking somebody was recently... I, 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 too, liked 
uh, she's what's the name of Spike she's Lee's? gonna have it I didn't like love it but I was like oh my god I know this neighborhood and that's like yeah. fun I've been to like Mark Morris dance classes <laughs> and that was like enough for me I was like sold <laughs> but that show was really controversial and not everyone liked it but there were so many good shows about the black experience that people were like kind of stoked to have a mediocre black show <laughs> <laughs> you know like people talk about like you've really made it when that's like true. the mediocre ones right. are around right. and mm. I Coco wasn't around last year and that meant so much to me personally I feel like this has actually been a great year for uh, representation, but I think that it's been a great year for representation because you had to find the funding for that ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like we're having the we're like seeing the fruits of labor that happened a little bit a while ago. That being said, though, I'm still kind of optimistic. I mean, I I I agree. I think there's going to be a racial reckoning. I hope that this. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really cool that like so like. What's happening right now in Hollywood about women speaking out is a revolution. It is amazing. It is crazy to think that so many women, like I read Salma's article yesterday. She thought it was a given that she had to put up with that stuff Mm. to to be an actress. Salma Hayek's piece in the New York Times. Yes, Salma Hayek's piece in the New York Times. I am very empowered by seeing so many women speak up. I hope that more women understand that they have more worth and are are valued more. And I hope the same for people of color. And honestly, I thought there was so much good media this year. And like it, I hope that that continues. And what is your prediction for next year? Uh, the racial reckoning. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm We're glomming onto the racial reckoning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tiffany. A, a lot of people, especially artists are pissed and, and, all of these frustrations, all of these emotions, they're going to be channeled into their work. I am hopeful that in 2017, we'll start to see indie houses or the corporations that do care start to um, support filmmakers, artists of all kinds. I think there's going to be outstanding work. So it's yes, but also, it's not really specific. I think that's a very broad, sta- broad prediction I had last year. Yeah, it's kind of it's okay. Yeah, so um, and that sort of echoes what we've all just said anyway. With all the work that's that's come out, that's been frighteningly no, Tiffany, relevant. I think you were right. Yeah, and I think that like maybe you didn't win the quiz, but you won the year. So I co-signed that. <laughs> yeah. So good, good work. That's at times I felt saved my life a lot of nights where I've really needed uh, to feel like art was out there that really cared and mattered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction for next year? Um, well, obviously, I'm going to have to agree with, <laughs> with both of you. For the, I'm here for the racial reckoning. Uh, the one I had written down before that was, um, I, it's more of a wish than a prediction. I just hope that a lot of people who are starting in Hollywood, sort of, and becoming prominent like Gina Rodriguez are forming their own production companies. And I really want to see their work in fruition, like now. I want, I, I, and not to rush, I don't want to rush it if it's going to be great and it needs to take its time, but I'm just ready. I'm ready for these people to be the creators now, to be the people behind everything. They, it needs to happen. Yeah. Nice. And I'm last. I'll just rattle off a few names. Michael B. Jordan. Lupita mm. Nyong'o, Chadwick Boseman, Forrest Whitaker, what? And Ryan Coogler in Black Panther. 
I'm not a superhero person at all. I really don't care about most of these movies. I'm going to go see Black Panther because it's fucking Black Panther. Not this year. <laughs> I think I said that. You can that still be- keep that for yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I, I said that before realizing that it wasn't coming out till next year. Uh, but the trailer did come out, and the trailer was everything I wanted and more. Yes. Like, it was the blackity blackest, blackest <laughs> thing I could ever imagine seeing in a superhero movie. And it was amazing. So I saw the trailer, and it, yes. The trailer I'm, does look so good. I'm all yes. about it. Um so yes, and, and it's coming out next year, so we'll see how that is. So I'm glad I didn't make that. I mean, I could have made that my prediction for next year. But I'm going to make an actual prediction. Racial reckoning. But also, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think that A Wrinkle in Time is going to make $100 million at the Whoa. box office. Oh, yeah. Opening night. Opening weekend. Opening night. Sorry. Let's go big. Let's, I, I'm not a betting. I'm not a gambler. So I'm going to say not opening weekend. But I think it is It is going to overall take in over $100 million. Um, let's say Let's say second weekend. By the second weekend, I think it'll, it'll wow. have crossed that line. Um, Ava DuVernay is the first woman of color to direct a movie budgeted at $100 million. Um, it is a, I've said this before, but it is a book that I remember not liking in, in elementary school when I read it. I don't really remember it except for the Tesseracts. Uh, but I'm, of course I'm going to go see this because it's Ava DuVernay. It's Oprah. Freaking Oprah. It's Reese Witherspoon. It's Mindy Kaling. It's Andre Holland from Moonlight. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Pine. It is, this cast is ridiculous. I'm just rallying off names again. But like, again, <laughs> <laughs> the cast is amazing. I love the fact that we are seeing a black woman take on a sci-fi world, and I'm just all here for it. We saw what happened with um, with Hidden Figures and with Girls Trip. Like, I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people of color are into sci-fi, more than people want to admit. Uh, oh, so yeah. So that's my prediction. It's going it's, it's gonna, to it's gonna cross the 100 million line. And that is our show. We did it. Yay. Verilyn's going to have to cut down so much of the shit. <laughs> but it's okay. We It was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Happy holiday. Happy everything y'all celebrate. Uh, I, I've already, I, I don't know why I'm evangelizing this, but everyone should listen to the Sia Christmas album because it's, it's <laughs> Oh, <amazing>. really? <laughs> it's really, it's all originals Christmas songs. Oh. Not expecting you to say that. Twist. They're new. They're all, she, all, she wrote all original Christmas songs. And there's like, it's just fun. There's one about drinking at Christmas. There's another one about how puppies are forever. Wow. Maybe just because I have a puppy. That speaks to me. But yeah, yeah. But she's like, puppies are forever, but will you still love them when they're old and can't walk anymore? It's great. Um, That's real. (laughs) So anyway, happy holidays, everyone. (laughs) And thanks for helping cap off another great year for represent. And thanks for all the list to all the listeners for listening. And there will not be a show next week because we are taking a week off finally. (laughs) So we'll be back in the new year and hopefully the new year will be better than this one. Represent is produced by the lovely, amazing Verlyn Williams. Our excellent social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. And our intro-outro music is performed by the sweet San Francisco funk soul band Midtown Social. Until next time.